0: It is episode 27 of the Tossing Salad Podcast. I am Brian Simatros, your host once again. Good morning. We are back on a Saturday morning a recording. I I just, I, I told you on the last episode that I'm starting to really dig recording podcasts, these podcasts for the Tossing Salad Podcast in the morning. It's just a different atmosphere and a different vibe for me. And I, it could change going into the future on what I'm wanting to put down and record. And I feel like when I do these solo podcasts, I just, I'm in a better state of mind for doing it in the morning versus when I'm doing it either with another co-host or if I'm interviewing somebody, that just seems to be better in the evening, better served in the evening. So I don't know if it makes a difference to you when you're listening to this. Again, I think we've talked about, you know, we each have our own reasonings and our own kind of setup for when we listen to podcasts. But for me, uh, I think just creating them and recording them, depending on the day, I just, I'm just i in a different state of mind. Episode 27, we're talking about, this is a fun one, uh, going back to record collecting, listening to vinyl records. And I don't know whether or not you refer to them as records or you say vinyl. I know that's kind of a contentious debate between people, especially on Reddit. Uh, a lot of new record collectors refer to it as vinyl. And for some reason, I think it just really bothers some older uh, record people, record heads. Do we we call them record heads? Who almost kind of roll their eyes when people refer to it as vinyl. For me, it doesn't really matter. I don't care if you enjoy and you like listening to your records and you want to call them records, you want to call them vinyl, vinyl pieces, whatever. Uh, to me, it doesn't really matter. And I mean, what kind of a record guy am I? I'm a, I'm a new one, to be honest with you. Uh, this is all part of the story that we're going to touch on today is this is kind of an odd phenomenon that I, I have a hard time explaining to other people this whole record hobby that has come back in the last gotten really big what in the last 10 years or so and and i know that there's some of the uh, old record heads that have been collecting for going back geez you know 60s 70s and have always stayed with records um in addition to probably getting into cassettes, CDs, and then the streaming MP3s. Uh, But for me, my whole uh, start with music, and I am going to come at this as an 80s baby. And I know my friend Amanda, if she ever listens to this episode, we've had our own debates as to what makes an 80s baby. She would say that because I was born in the 70s, I'm a seventies baby, but an eighties child. And my argument with that is when you're an eighties baby, the years that you grew up, that was your childhood. That is in reference to being an eighties baby. I was born in 1975 and I consider myself an eighties baby. So when I think when I started earning money, doing side jobs, and, and saving money from like birthday and Christmases and everything. Uh, I was able to start purchasing my own music as opposed to just whatever was on the radio. And I, at the time I lived in uh, Los Angeles, Baldwin park specifically. And my musical, uh, upbringing was heavily dependent on several of the pop stations there in the Los Angeles area. Um, but when I, when I started, and I think it was like junior high. And of course it's one of those things to where you, you're, you you're leaving your childhood years and you're going to those uh, teenage preteen years and you're starting to notice people a little bit more. And music takes on a little different, um, I would say a little different meaning for you. Music was, was very important to me then as it is today. And, uh, when I was able to start looking into buying my own music stuff that I was into that kind of changed things for me. And so I came in really on the tail end of records and record collecting. My mom had a very small record collection that she had uh, brought with her from Missouri. We ended up, she ended up moving us from Missouri to California, and then we ended up going back to Missouri. And But I never, I, I never played those records. I, I, I had a few of them that she got for me that were like kid stuff. But I never played records and I never really got into them. I didn't quite understand them really because they were, they were just old school, like super old school, you know, for an old school guy, an old head like me, that records was old school for me back in the eighties. And we were on the cusp of CDs coming out and my first purchase of music, I remember was a cassette tape of Stevie B. And I don't know if any of you guys remember Stevie B. He's kind of a, almost a house party mix, uh, singer back in the eighties, uh, a lot of club type music. And then he had a lot of, uh, the ballads that I, I thought were really good. Uh, postman song, spring love dreaming of love. Uh, If you guys know Stevie B, I mean, he's got a catalog of music that there's probably 20 hit songs that if you grew up in the 80s, early 90s, uh, you know his songs. You just may not have put his name to those songs. I love Stevie B. So that was my first cassette tape that I bought. My second one and I, I, I just remember this also because it was so much money for me, was a Weird Al Yankovic tape. Those were the first two, and I think the only two that I actually remember buying. So Stevie B and Weird Al Yankovic. But again, we were at that time to where the transition was going. We've gone through records to cassette tapes, and now this newfangled CD was coming out. Crystal clear, uh, no pops or scratches with CDs. I kind of remember the marketing for it. Like you can hear so much detail and it it plays the same each and every time that you put the CD in and my first CD that I bought. And again, I'm going into my preteen years was from a British pop group called breathe that had several um, power ballads of the eighties, uh, two that you guys would probably have heard of or have listened to on the, uh, soft rock station. If you guys still listen to soft rock music on the radio or something, uh, hands to heaven. And how can I fall to, I just, to this day, I love those songs. And that was my very first CD that I purchased. So I never really got into records or vinyl. And fast forward through the years into the nineties, two thousands, it was all CDs. And I have a huge, I'm going to take a, uh, that's probably not a, a great place to have paused there. I have a huge, as I say, I have a huge CD collection. I, like I said, I was really into music. Um, but I, I, need some of my tea in my tossing salad mug that I have that my friend Sarah made for me for the tossing salad podcast show. If you guys are watching this either on YouTube or Spotify or one of our various uh, clips that we put out there on different social media channels, it's a little, uh, spiced, chai tea in the morning, just to kind of coat the throat, make it feel nice and, and good for a good, uh, you know, podcast. And, you know, you talk for 40 minutes straight carrying a show. It's hard on your, on your throat. It's hard on your vocal cords, but going back to, I had a huge, I had a huge record collection, or I'm sorry, I had a huge CD collection probably a thousand CDs. And I still have most of them in a Tupperware box in my basement. Once we retired CDs 10 years ago and moved strictly into streaming and looking back at that time, I, I would occasionally think about records, vinyl records, and I still would see a few people, you know, it. you go to a couple stores, record shops to go look for your CDs, or you go to some specialty toy shops or whatever, and you would see the small little area, small collection of of records, vinyl records. And I'm like, who's, who's still using these? Why? Why would you, at this point, 2000s? your you have music, all the music you could want either on an iPod or your phone on demand ready to go. no pops or scratches. you want to listen to one song from one artist and then you want uh, you have a playlist maybe set up so you have maybe 30 songs all set up from different artists and groups and it goes one to another and it's just you it's just so easy right? When it's digital, it's streaming, you can just let it play. You can let the algorithm take over. And I would think who, can you imagine living when, when you, you, all you had were the records that you had to do. And I, I just, it didn't make any sense to me. Fast forward to probably in the last five years, And I'll be honest, it, it wasn't, it didn't organically come to me to where I'm like, you know, oh, I want to uh, look into this uh, record collection as a hobby because it's the hot thing now. It's the popular thing now. The kid, the kids are going and buying records. Why? I wonder what that's all about. I mean, that, that went through my head. But I, I still in my, I'm still thinking, I, I I don't get the, the, the whole vinyl phenomenon that is going crazy. Not only going crazy, but you go back to these stores where they just had a little section. Now it's a whole big area. And I remember I I was in a Barnes and Noble. Talk about another thing that was almost bygones of yesteryear, a bookstore that has somehow survived. And now I, I, is it thriving? I don't know. It's still here. I love going to these bookstores to where you can kind of just walk around and you're seeing, I mean, just the smell of the books and you can physically touch something, the texture of the books, kind of like going to a library. And I know my, my library people, um, my book people, you know, small shop people, like, oh, they have their own uh, hatred towards places like Barnes & Noble. But th- this isn't the show for it. Not this one in particular. But I remember going back into what was becoming an expanded section of vinyl records. And I started going through and just kind of flipping through. And it was, it, it's hard to explain the experience of, of standing there and flipping through artists, totally inefficient, right? The most, ineff- I, all the space dedicated and going and looking at artists. And I'm like, a lot of these, I, I have already on CD in a, in a Tupperware bin down in my basement, but all of them or at the right red- I can play every single one of these that I'm flipping through on my phone and my streaming service now is uh, YouTube Music I had Spotify at one time and then I switched to Amazon Music and then now we're over on YouTube Music all the music I could want is already accessible on my phone ready to go whenever I want to while I'm mowing while I'm uh, taking a walk around the neighborhood. When I'm in my car, I can stream it through my phone. And I'm I'm just flipping. You know, you stand and, and you flip through each one. And there was just something about that experience of flipping through the different records and the different groups and the different artists. It was just fun. And I, I just, I left it at that and I was like, okay, huh, time to go. So walk back out of the store, didn't think much of it, but ever since then, it's always pinged in my head as far as record, every, every place that I would go, I would always kind of mosey over, flip through, oh, I've, I had that, oh, that was one of my favorite records. At one time, I remember finding the NXS Kick album, which was one of my, still is today, favorite groups back in the 80s. And I had recorded all of their songs on the radio on my cassette tape. You know those cassette tapes, the mixtapes we used to make back in the day? That would have the uh, DJ for the hour or whatever. And he's talking and then leading into the song. And I had a tape that was all of my favorite songs, Stevie B in back in the, you know, NWA, the, the radio versions that they would play in, uh, Los Angeles. But I remember seeing the NXS album and I was like, you know, that would be kind of cool to have, but I don't have a record player. And if I want to listen to it, I just pull my phone out. Again, I, I didn't understand. I still don't understand, but there was something about it. There was something about holding that album, which I don't have. That's my next one that I have targeted to purchase. I actually have it on a pre-order. It was pre-ordered and now it's sold out and back-ordered. It was a special Uh, I think clear version of NXS kick that they just released. And I'm waiting for that to get delivered, but there was something that I couldn't rationally explain to either my wife or my kids or anybody else that didn't understand records. Like what, what is so special about this? Like what, why is this making a comeback? Because it, again, it makes no sense. You can argue some people sound quality or whatever on certain things that, that I've seen so many YouTube videos to where it's like, it's all subjective and what you like to hear and what we think is good sound quality almost always, depending on how it's recorded on CD, it's going to sound better on a CD than on a record, but there is something organic. I. I I, there's if a record person listens to that part and they're gonna tear me left and right on that, and and there are some records that depending on how those are pressed compared to how the CDs are recorded, I get it. But for the most part, I just I don't buy into the well the music just sounds better on a record. It's warmer or it's whatever people attribute to the records but that's not why I have gotten back into it or I've gotten into it because I I've never really had a collection like we talked about before. I was a CD 80s baby, cassette tape 80s baby. But here we are, 2023, and I am totally into this hobby. It's it's a hobby, right? It's something that's a treat. It's almost like, uh, getting yourself a super expensive coffee sometimes, which I've broken that habit. And boy, have I saved a lot of money from that, from going to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks to get a five, $6 coffee. I just make my coffee at home. My little Ninja pot. And it's just, it's so much more affordable, you know? It affords me the ability to do other dumb and stupid hobbies like record collecting. (laughs) But for the last few years, I, I've, I've gone full on into finding certain artists and buying the records bought a nice little turntable, nice little setup we have. And as I sit here right now, recording this podcast, I still cannot rationally or reasonably explain to anybody that doesn't get it. Why I am so (laughs) into records. It it doesn't make sense. So let me me step you through the process of, okay, let's say I go upstairs. And I've got a nice little Ikea shelf that has the records that we have. And it looks cool. I'll give you that. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to just chill out here in the living room and listen to something the process by which is completely different than when i when i'm in my car or i have my phone on me and i want to listen to music or i'm working out in the garage and i want to l- listen to music where i'm like i want i want certain hits to play on a playlist my control over the different songs from different artists When you're listening to records you're like what artist or group do i want to listen to all the way through at least on one side or what is one artist that i haven't listened to in a while or group that i have that i'd like to just put on chill and relax and just listen to not only the hits But the the songs that we never add to our playlists on our phones, again, it's a different experience. And when you decide that you want to go chill in that living room, this isn't a 30-second decision. That you are, you have to make a full-on commitment that you are going to spend some time in that living room listening to whatever record you choose because it's it literally does take that long to select, not only select to get the uh, record out of its outer sleeve, and then to take the inner sleeve out of the cardboard. cover. And then there's the whole process of, okay, now you've taken the record out of the inner sleeve. You're holding it. You set it down on the record player. Well, you can't just play it like that. You got to clean it. So then you take your carbon fiber brush, whatever, whatever it is that you have, because all of these attract dust and dirt no matter what kind of paper rice sleeve anti-static bag you put them into. Because the second you pull them out and you can feel the static on them. If you got dogs in your house, if you, you just have a dusty house, the second you pull them out, it's like, hey, there's a record. Let's all the dust and dirt, let's get in here. Let's all get on the record. So it it, it takes you a good... 30 seconds, 40 seconds to get that brush and you squirt it with some cleaner and then you turn your record player on and it starts spinning up and you take that brush and you just, you kind of hold it on the record as it spins and cleans itself for several rotations, right? And then you just kind of slide it from the outside to the inside of the record so that all that dust, all the hair, everything that just statically clung to it as you opened it goes onto your brush and then you clean that brush with another brush. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. (laughs) But you take the main brush and you take a smaller brush and you and you take off that's how you take off all the hair and the dust off the main brush is with another smaller brush. And then you take your arm, is that the tone arm or something? I don't know. And You slowly drop it down, and I can't manually drop down the needle. My hands are not calm enough to do that. I have to use the little lever, so I rotate the the arm out to where it needs to go, and then I use the little lever to help me just lower the needle down nice and gently. And you do that. You put your cover on your record player, And then you go sit back and relax for 10 minutes, 15 minutes on a side, depending on how many songs they've squeezed in there. And you're listening to every single track how they wanted you to listen to the music. And there's some records that I have that sound pristine as far as there's no snap, crackle, or pop to it. And I have some that just have some inherent artifacts in there that give you a little snap, crackle and pop that I think some people like, and they enjoy hearing that it's comforting to them. But yes, it's an inefficient process to listen to music, but that's not, that's not why I'm listening nor what I'm wanting to get out of it. If, if I want something quick and easy. And just to listen to stuff that I want, I'll pull the phone out. And that's, and I have no problem with that. It serves the purpose. But on the other hand, when I'm in the mood to put on a record and do that whole inefficient process, completely inefficient, ridiculous process, to where I know like even my boys when they've, seen me pull records out when we're all kind of hanging out in the living room or something. I'm sure in their head, they're like, why is dad doing this? Just stream it, (laughs) stream it from your phone. You can stream the exact same thing you're going to play on that record, dad, using Bluetooth to hit the same speakers and it'll sound, we'll all be able to hear it. And then you can, you don't have to keep getting up and changing I know, it doesn't make any sense other than the experience is completely not what I want. When I say the experience is not what I want, there's something soothing, there's something about committing to wanting to listen to that record right then and there. And you're gonna put the time and the effort into the preparation of playing that record 2 or 3 minutes to get it all cleaned up, queued up, ready to go and playing there's something about that process. I can't explain it. If you can and you you understand where I'm I'm coming from and why this experience is just different and why those of us that have records and continue to use them and, and, and want to continue to buy them and listen to them this way. If you have a better way to explain this and put it into words than I am, please leave that down in the comments for me. Cause I, I can't, I, I just, I, I can't explain it to anybody else. I've had at least A couple people just within the last few months. They're like it it that that doesn't make sense. Like I know, but there is something about that process that hits all your different senses completely different than streaming, than pulling a CD out or a cassette. And each one of those has has their own um itch that you can scratch like with a cassette a cassette has there's some asmr with the cassette of the buttons that you're you're hitting to play and ejecting and flipping it over there's some asmr that just kind of tingles within your body that people like the sound quality i think of all of it cassette is just trash but it's some people might like the sound that comes from an audio cassette. But for me, the cardboard, the feel of the cardboard, the size of it, seeing an album, the artwork on the on the cover, on the inside, inside the gatefold, the original inner sleeves that maybe have the lyrics on them, There's, there's something that hits all of your senses for those of us that are into listening to records. There's a smell, especially with some of the older records. Now, I was very fortunate that um, I inherited a nice little uh, chunk of records from my grandfather that he had stored in his basement at least 50 years, if not 60 years, that goes back to uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. I, I wouldn't be surprised because the quality of these records are so pristine that they were never pulled out or they hadn't been pulled out in at least 50 years. The records are in really good shape. The outer cardboard looks like there's some water damage in some places, musty kind of mildew smell, you know, with cardboard that's been stored downstairs in an, a basement that's not, you know, that maybe has a little, a little touch of humidity issues. But there's something about the smell of those records and I'm like, it reminds me of maybe my grandparents' basement or house. Maybe that's causing some kind of a cancer that I'm smelling. I don't know, but... <laughs> There's something that's pleasing of the smell, and there's something about holding a bigger 12-inch album cover that has artwork and the band or the artist on it that's just different than a CD, which is very plasticky, and I think it—the whole thing with a CD, it's just—it's very— Not necessarily superficial, not necessarily, it's just, um, sterile. Yeah. I see, I see records as very organic. Yeah. It's analog music. A needle is actually going through and converting the grooves. I, the science of it, look it up. It's pretty cool, but that's all very organic for me. And the feeling of the cardboard cover and holding the record itself and the smell versus a cassette tape or a CD. It's just a different experience. But definitely one that is completely on the other end of streaming, where you're, you're no longer really connected to that particular album, that grouping and setting of songs, how the artist wants you to hear it. When you're streaming, it's almost, that's the most sterile of all, I believe. Again, it's not a, a good or bad thing. It's just a different thing that I just, it doesn't connect me as much as when I put that record on and it hits all of the senses. I, unfortunately, Record prices in the last, as with so many different things right now, in the last couple of years, records have gone up so much to where it's it's really pricing a lot of people out that discovered the hobby lately or for some that rediscovered the hobby where you can pick up a record. Sometimes you, you get lucky in a bargain bin or something, you get them for a few dollars. Retail, I think at one point, You know, you're looking at 15 to 20 bucks. And right now, I mean, any kind of new retail album record wise that you're wanting to get of just that particular album, not like a collector set or a box set or something. I mean, you're looking upwards of 30 plus unless you find the right sale or something. But they're getting so expensive. And so I am kind of tailing off a bit to where I'm like, yeah, let's just let's just reel in our enthusiasm. And so that is where it brings me to how we're going to finish up our podcast in a sense that because records are becoming more expensive and I can't just go out and just recreate my CD collection or every band that or artist that I've listened to that I would want. I don't want those on, on my albums. I'm being a little more selective one because I, I think it's, well, one, because of financially, it's just, it's better for me to be more selective. Plus I, I looking at those CDs that I bought, the thousand CDs that are in that down in the basement, I'll go through it. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, boy, do I waste money on this? garbage, hot garbage, but what I'm, I'm using records for in what qualifies that will, I would want to make that purchase would be ones of either significance to my life or musical genres that I never really got into before. So there are several, you know. I, I came in in the eighties. I never got into like rock music of the seventies, sixties, and seventies. So I know a lot of people, you know, they like. I hey, pick your pick your rock group. That were popular in the seventies. So I can't even come up on the top of my head. Leonard Skinner, something like that. I would be more apt this time around to purchasing an album in a genre that I never was really exposed to, nor did I was really drawn to, to give it an adult hearing in a different part of my life. Like, okay, is this good music? I know that, like, with the Beatles. And here's where some people are going to roll their eyes, like, oh, everybody, all these new people that are getting into records, they go buy Beatles albums. Well, I'm one of them. I never, the Beatles were way before my time. That, that is history book music for me. I was like, yeah, what? Okay. I, I'm, I'm listening to mid late eighties, Stevie B, NWA getting into my rap phase, going through the early nineties before I went into my country phase. That's a whole nother episode that we'll have. I promise you, we're going to talk musical genres that I've gone through and the, and the actual music that have. Influenced my life. But Beatles music. I was like. In the 80s. what That's my mom's music. That she may have grown up with. So I never. I, I would hear the songs. In maybe TV shows and movies. And the ironic thing is. it Even to this day. The last let's say 10 years. Let's say. There are songs that I, I know of that I've heard in movies, TV shows. And I'm like, that's the Beatles? What? Like blows my mind. So what got me into the Beatles and trying to source some of these albums, which it does help. I'm not into buying like the, the first pressings. I, I don't have that money. I don't mind the reissues. I just wanna be exposed to their music. But what got me into just even thinking Beatles and giving that route a try for music was the the documentary that came out on, what was it, Netflix, the Peter Jackson one that he did. Uh, what is the album where they're on top of the uh, the rooftop concert? I should have that on top of my head. But I love that the behind the scenes and, and kind of learning about them. It set me down several months of just doing research on the Beatles and the drama and why they broke up and the fights and going all the way up through the the 80s and the assassination of Lennon and uh, George Harrison's stories. And it's just like, oh, my God, Ringo, what a character there. And I know I sound like a musical novice that I should know this stuff as just part of musical history, but I, I didn't really. You'll go, oh no. But I have become such a fan of the Beatles music and it's because of not only the documentary, but rediscovering some of these on records because it was fun. I was like, oh, well, let's, let's get one of these albums that they're talking about. And then listen, I was like, man, these songs are actually really good. Would I have come to that same conclusion earlier on my younger years? Probably not, but it was just a perfect storm of different things going on the last few years to where I'm like, I, I now have an appreciation for it. Same with Taylor Swift music. Is this where people turn the podcast off that hate Taylor Swift? I'm. I was indifferent to her. I was indifferent to Taylor Swift. I didn't have anything. I wasn't a big fan. I acknowledged that she had some, you know, uh hits that were catchy. I didn't necessarily hate her, but I was like, yeah, she's a little, you know, the award shows or whatever, kind of like putting on the effect of, oh me, wow, no. I think it has a little bit of acting and stuff. Never would have considered buying her music, much less four of the Midnight's album just to get the four different versions so I can make the stupid clock. But now I have an appreciation for Taylor Swift out of really the whole vinyl uh, records stuff. And she is primarily the reason why Financially, the record business is doing as well as it has in the last few years. Her fans are so crazy. Even her very casual fan here buying four of the same album. But her record sales are very much a a huge part of why record uh, numbers are doing so well. Carrying the industry, some would say. So that that's one of my reasons why I'm getting into records is just to say, oh, okay, here's something that I never really got into. That whether it's pop culture or uh, people are saying, well, that's just that's just good music from from people that are within that genre of either rock or, uh, you know. Like, It's just, it's given me an, an opportunity now to listen to different music that I would never have given a chance to complete. And it's a completely different collection than that CD collection. It would be, this would make for a fun episode of somebody going through and just clowning on the CDs that I have. Cause I, even now I'm like, I I think I might be a little embarrassed. To show that I have that. (laughs) So let me know if you guys are into record collecting now, or have been, or have always been, or if you understand why it's different. Why do you like it? What is the difference for you in listening to a record versus determining you're going to pull out your phone and listen to a streaming service. Do you spend a lot of money on records? Are you getting out of it? Are you like, ah, I, I was in it for a little bit and now it's just, it's not worth it. But I, I'm I'm interested to hear from you. Like say a couple of the, the ones I just got like Beck who within just musical industry, late 90s or whatever, kind of referred to a a little bit like a musical genius too, right? Regardless if you like his music or not, might not be your cup of tea or something. And I heard of him. I knew of him. He had a Kanye run in also, like Taylor did. But I was like, "I, I remember Beck. I'm going to get one of his albums and just listen to it and just see. And I did, I picked it up for a good, I think it was on sale, got it for a cheap price. I think it was, uh, what was it? Odale? And There were a couple of songs I remember when I was in high school. I was like, okay, yeah, I I, I, I like it. Jamiroquai, another one, never bought his CD or anything playing it now. And I'm like, eh, this is really good. I like it. And I'm not trying to impress anybody with my musical selection. And I'm not saying that these are like the end all be all, these are your top 100 all time. This is just, it's, it's my personal preference of stuff that I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig this. It's giving me an opportunity to give other songs, other creators, other artists, other groups, a chance. And just expanding my musical background a bit and that has changed over the years as well. So let me know your experience. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about this whole record vinyl collection hobby. Are you a record or a vinyl? Like what what do you say? Do you say records or do you say vinyl? Can you do, do you say it both ways? Like I do? I do. Let me know in the comments and we will see you next week. I, I, we're changing some things up and hopefully we're going to get back to doing some more interviews with people. The only reason why I've been doing a lot of the solo stuff, if you've been following along with the Tossing Salad podcast, the Brian and Chelsea Makeup podcast show, the problem with my, my computer setup the setup that I have, when the shows start getting a little bit longer, when I, when we had other people on, the audio quality would degrade so much to where I just, I got so frustrated that there's nothing more that I can do, or there's nothing more that the StreamYard technicians can offer me to fix or remedy that problem. And everything is pointing towards my laptop system that I use. It just can't handle. There's like some kind of a memory leak or resource leak that as the show goes on, it just, so I have to make the determination if I want to continue doing something like this and incorporating other people and having it in a time format that's like an hour or so, I I can't do it with the auto, audio quality degrading like it does. So I'm going to have to find a way to upgrade a few pieces. So that's the only reason why a lot of the shows within the last month have been solo shows. I, I can't do interviews or have co-hosts or have other people on. It it drives me nuts that the audio audio quality goes down so bad as the show goes on. It doesn't do it as bad or as, as as, it's not as worse when I'm solo. So that's why. So but. I've got a plan. We'll talk about it next time. Appreciate it. We'll see you again.